0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jackson Street Podcast. Today, I am sitting down with Elise Beriolis again for the second time on the Jackson Street Podcast. She will be making an appearance to discuss the new episode that was released this morning uh, for Only Mergers in the Building. In this episode, we cover tons of stuff uh, from the first episode till the end credits of the final uh, episode of the season. Now they're they've been renewed for a second season, and we're very excited. So, a little backstory: Elise and I uh, both watched the episode, the first episode of it, and texted each other. Uh, immediately we were like hey you have to watch this you have to watch this episode or you have to watch this series so when i was like who should i have on to talk about this immediately i was like i have to have elisa a good a great friend of mine um and i'm uh very excited for this episode so please stay tuned it's a little all over the place we bounce around a little bit but other than that i feel like it's very easy to follow um And don't forget to click the subscribe button. So thank you and stay tuned for Jackson Street. Hello. Hello. What's up?
1: not much not much i just made a cup of tea so my voice isn't terrible it's got a weird season change cold that i'm fighting but you know we're we're trucking along so
0: yeah well and i feel like there's something to be said about the fact that i mean it's every year i do i have the same thing you know it's it's it's, it's as seasonal as it gets like you get the runny nose you get the off and it's it's terrible but uh but you actually uh I was I I called you the other day and I I made sure that you were I was like did you take dayquil you got to take dayquil
1: but, yeah i'm i'm actually really proud of myself because my colds usually like knock me out very very hard and it's been three days right now, and I honestly kind of feel fine besides my like throat. And I am like not really congested, which is so nice because when I get congested, if I get congested, like there's no going back, like I'm down for the count for like two weeks. Yeah. So I can adjust I'm... to that. Right. Right. So it's like a weird cold for me, but I'm happy that like it didn't, it's like a, str- it's strange for me because it's not awful, but I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad it's not. Awful, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so a lot of people. This was actually I don't know how to intro this really um, without it being all over the place. But uh, only murders in the building, a great show with Steve Martin, Selena Gomez, Martin Short, amongst others. I don't know the actress that plays uh, the the Holly from the Office. Um, but I do know that she was spectacular in there as well. Um, but today I invited Elise on um, to talk about the season finale of that. Uh, well, actually, the season as a whole. Uh, just it's its first season, it's Steve Martin's first time ever doing television, like as a series regular. And I just, I thought that was a really cool thing because he's been in the industry for forever, it feels like. Um, but it's, you know, with him being such a big name to do a TV show, same with Martin Short, though. I mean, I haven't really, but he's, he's done more TV. Like, he was on um, The Morning Show as well. But, but again, not as a regular, like, uh, side character almost.
1: I have not gotten a chance to see the morning show yet, but I will say that, like in my mind, Steve Martin and Martin Short are just like such this iconic comedy duo. Um, and I was so happy to get to see them in like this super original, um, the super original plot. Um, Steve Martin and Martin Short—they actually, um, for a company I used to work for. Um, they would put on this benefit and like two years in a row, Steve Martin and Martin Short were like the guests of honor. Um So that was very interesting for me because like I made that connection. I was like, oh yeah, like they do stuff together. So like, it was cool to see them on TV together. I love Steve yeah. Martin though.
0: Oh, I can't get enough of him. Yeah. Um. Well, and the series for people who don't know about the series, the series is a show about a, Group of people that listen to a, a murder podcast, like a murder mystery podcast.
1: True crime, um, true crime, right? The genre. A true,
0: yeah, so a true crime podcast where they are talking about, uh, well, and then they all kind of meet by happenstance, which was a very, I feel, interesting way that they did introduce them to each other. And we'll get into that in a second um, because I want to give a fair warning that we're going to be talking about the entire season. It ended today, so we'll kind of go through it as chronologically as possible if you haven't seen the last episode, so that way you can cut out a little early if you want to finish this episode or go watch the last episode and then come back, but there will be spoilers in this episode of Jackson Street. Um, the, yes. the way they introduced them I thought was very like nonchalant almost. You know, It, it felt very natural.
1: I also liked that they, in the first episode, they did, like, the voiceover. I mean, that was kind of a reoccurring theme. They did, like, the voiceover thing to introduce all of them. And I liked that there was this, they started the first episode with, like, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The anonymity that New York gives. Right. Because I feel like that really set up, like, the cadence of the show with them, like, Because we'll get to this later, but, like, when they reveal the killer in the season finale, it's someone pretty random. Like, it's someone who comes in, like, way later in the season that you wouldn't expect, necessarily.
0: Right. I I felt like that was really good, too, because I I watch a decent amount of shows. Like, even I would watch Criminal Minds for the longest time, and I don't think I finished the series uh, because there's, like, like, I want to say, like, 14 or 15 seasons so it's like, a, it's a huge commitment, but either way I would watch these and like halfway through, I'm like, I know who the killer is. Or like, even some of these investigation discovery shows, like all of them where they're like, m- like true crime, murder, mystery. I'm always like, I, I, I can guess what's, how it's going to end usually pretty quickly. Where this right. one had me second guessing myself.
1: Right. I I like the way they didn't really give away too much information early on, which was nice. And I like how they set up the relationships differently, Um, you know, like with Selena Gomez, knowing Tim Kono, but hiding it from Steve Martin and Martin Schwartz characters. Um, They set up that whole B plot line. Um, with the previous murder of Oscar's girlfriend Zoe um, which I thought was a good kind of diversion because it had you expecting one thing when it was really something totally different
0: right and the I, I so going back to what you said like a couple of mi- seconds ago a couple of minutes ago we um, where they the way they introduced them to the audience each character was very, very cool I just like the voiceover like what you said the voiceover the um and the you know the way they each view New York uh and almost did they because they didn't really make them meet each other like they all bump into each other in the first episode in the elevator now there really isn't anything that could come of that so like as the viewer I was sitting there watching this and I'm like wow they are they bumped into each other. like I don't even know how they're gonna like I get that that was their first meeting but I'm like I don't know where they would make them meet if they like I pictured it was gonna happen in the elevator they were gonna become friends or whatever but they didn't they actually held off for probably right. more minutes into the episode
1: Right. They didn't talk to each other in the elevator at all, besides Martin Short making that comment to Selena Gomez's character where he was like, oh, I like your beats. Because his whole whole shtick is like he's trying to be cooler, trying to be cooler than he is and trying to keep up with the times. Um, But yeah, they didn't talk to each other in the elevator at all. And then when they did finally talk to each other, it was like, oh, you're that guy from the elevator. Like. Yeah. It was like a callback, but it wasn't like, "Oh, I remember meeting you in the elevator." It was just a very casual, like, "I recognize you."
0: Yeah, and I so I I, I do like uh, Martin Short's character, but Martin Short's character was very on brand for everything that Martin Short does. You know what I mean? Like it's it was very similar, right? And, uh, eccentric, uh, kind of goofy, and playful and he has this you know kind of almost like what you said where he's trying to present himself as cooler than he actually is
1: right and i thought um opposed to that i thought steve martin's character was different than most things he's done yeah or most things i've seen him in
0: yeah he was it was so different from literally anything he's ever done he played more of an introverted character than this funny, outgoing, you know, Steve Martin, like, it's it's so different than his stage persona that he used when he was doing stand up or things like that. It was so it was like he was acting and it was it was good. It was really good. He's a phenomenal actor.
1: Oh, um, it was so great, especially the stuff in the finale, which we'll get to later. Um Yeah.
0: Oh my god, that was, that was, yeah, the finale is hilarious. And the whole show is, so it's a comedy about true crime uh, fanatics that decide to start a true crime podcast once someone's murdered in their building. So in the first episode, one, after they've all met at the, well, the reason they meet, we didn't even get to that yet. So there's, uh, the fire alarm goes, or they all get to their separate apartments out of the elevator. After they bump into each other, no real character development from there, except for the fact that they're all trying to get home in time to listen to this, the new episode of their true crime podcast.
1: Which is hosted by Tina Fey, which I love that cameo.
0: <laughs> but that was great because at first I'm listening to it and they don't show her face uh for... A, little a couple, bit. Like, a couple of yeah.
1: episodes.
0: Well, well, they show her face in the in the first episode, but it's like dark. It's like she's like in the woods, and I was like listening, and I'm like, is that Tina Fey? Like that sounds like Tina Fey. And then all of a sudden, you know, it gets closer, and you're almost like, oh, I can't tell. She's like wearing a hoodie, like almost trying to blend into her surroundings, so she doesn't look like like normal Tina Fey. You know, she's got like. I just was like kind of blocking her face and I was like, Oh my God. And then all of a sudden, you know, you finally get catch a glimpse of her face. And I was like, wow. I was like, it was Tina Fey. I was right the entire time, but it was, uh, it was really cool to see her do a show like that with uh, Steve Martin and Martin short, but I know Steve Martin was actually on uh 30 rock for at least one episode
1: Oh right, they had so many famous people cameo in that show, which yeah is of of course just a blast. Um, getting back on track here real quick, I will quickly summarize the um, kind of the whole concept of everything, uh, which is just Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. They all live in the same building in New York. In the first episode, this man named Tim Kono is um killed the cops rule it as a suicide but because steve martin martin short and selena gomez are all true crime nerds they quickly realize that it was most likely a murder and not a suicide so they start a podcast called only murders in the building to try to solve the murder of tim Kono against the cops which wishes and against the wishes of the other people in their building um, and the series just quickly follows the three of them um, trying to solve this murder and all the evidence they uncover. I feel like we just needed to give a quick, like, overview plot synopsis before we get deeper, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that was good. That was really good. Um, so, yeah, so they finally um, meet after the fire alarm is pulled in the building. That was that was cool because I wasn't expecting that to be like the reason they met, you know, and I figured it wasn't going to be like at a table in a restaurant, you know, across the street like it was like I just liked the way they did it. It felt natural. It didn't feel forced. A lot of times when you see like these pilot episodes um, for, you know, especially comedy, it feels like very forced and how the characters all wind up together and meet each other.
1: Right, right. I will say to, I was, I've been very proud of Hulu recently because I feel like this show was a complete knockout original for them and nine perfect strangers which is another Hulu original that my roommate and I actually just watched last month when it came out. That also got very high ratings, and it was a knockout with Nicole Kidman, and I'm just, I'm so proud of Hulu because I feel like they've had a couple of good ones here and there, but, like, they don't nearly get the recognition that, like, Netflix gets or even, like, HBO Max nowadays. So, good good job, Hulu.
0: Especially for their originals. um, Right. Because they, Hulu, I felt like, even, like, through the pandemic had a good selection of movies but like not that many great like original con- like that not that much great original content um and they also had wasn't uh Palm Springs Palm is another Springs one that was, was a Hulu original that yeah was that really was an movie. original
1: movie Um, And then, you know, they have other things that are, like, notable. Like, they have Handmaid's Tale, and they have Pen15, I think, and some other shows that, you know, do have good ratings um, and have been nominated for Emmys and stuff. But these two, back-to-back, I just felt like Hulu was starting to gain some some serious traction.
0: Yeah. And so getting back on track with the episode of Only Murders in the Building... Uh, only murders in the building. So episode one, Tim Kono dies. They think it's, uh, the cops rule it as a suicide, but the true crime kids, well, not kids, but true crime, um, fans, uh, go ahead and they take it in their own hands to kind of start an investigation and they kind of go through all the motions that they see happening in their podcast that they're listening to. And well, I, really... I think it's
1: I think it's really interesting, too, what they do, because this is like a reoccurring theme throughout the episodes, is that Martin Short kind of like, he is really like the catalyst for everything because the reason they start this podcast is because Martin Short has this failed career as a broadway producer where he only produces flops and he's like thousands of dollars in debt from all of these shows that he's tried to produce that haven't succeeded so he is like really hunting fame and like something to get him back in the game so he's the one who like suggests the idea to start this podcast and he really like tries to lead the investigation they all kind of have their own motives for wanting to solve the murder but Martin Short is really the one who like gets it going and he asks the question and he asks the question over and over almost in each episode he's like who is Tim Kono we have to figure out who Tim Kono is in order to know what happened
0: yes and the cool thing so with what you just said he ends each episode with who is Tim Kono and that part of it, like, was a really cool transition uh, for Selena Gomez's part where she, at the end of one of the episodes, reveals that she did know Tim Kono. And she r- opens up her laptop and records a video telling people, like, who Tim Kono was. Where, because they were almost hitting dead end after dead end and everyone kind of didn't know who he was. Um,
1: right. But she doesn't tell Steve Martin and Martin short yet because there's this whole B plot where, you know, Selena Gomez, her aunt lived in the Arconia. Um, so she grew up living in the Arconia and her and Tim Kono, this kid named Oscar and this other girl named Zoe were like this little group of like, they called themselves like the fake Hardy boys. Or whatever, and they would try to solve their own mysteries in the building. And as they got older, they ended up actually um, sneaking into some of the apartment buildings and just stealing small things from other people in the Arconia. Um, and the whole B plot of it is is that Oscar is actually in jail because um, on New Year's Eve, a couple years before before the present day of the show his girlfriend, Zoe, the other girl in the group, um, got pushed off the top of the Arconia and someone framed Oscar for it. So he went to prison for a murder he did not commit. And the only other person who saw it was Tim Kono. And that was why Selena Gomez stopped talking to Tim Kono because he he did not testify for Oscar that he was not the one who did it.
0: Yeah, he was very, um, what you find out later, there are reasons that led to that, to him not saying it. It But they really do present him in the beginning as just an asshole that didn't want, wanted it to be over and didn't want to get involved and didn't want to speak up about it and just let his friend go to
1: jail. Right. And so Selena Gomez always kind of blamed him. And that's why they they were living in the same building all this time. But, you know, Steve Martin and Martin Short had no idea that they knew each other because they stopped talking years ago. So when it's finally revealed to Steve Martin and Martin Short that Selena Gomez's character knew Tim Kono, it comes as this huge surprise. And they think that she might be a suspect because, oh, why was she hiding this? Um, but then they find out about Zoe and it makes some more sense to them.
0: Yeah. Like they find out once they find out that he, that she knew Tim Kono, then she tells them about the whole thing where Zoe died. And there's this constant underlying thing. I don't know if you would call it like, like it's, they just always talk about this guy that Steve Martin saw running up the stairs when everyone was exiting the building during the fire alarm and that was the uh, tie-dye hoodie guy or tie-dye tie-dye guy they called him right and he kept coming back to the fact that tie-dye guy was the suspect but everyone else was kind of just uh, brushing that off and didn't want to uh, didn't want to entertain that idea that much because they figured it was a dead end they didn't know who this guy was going to be. And they had no way of knowing. All the footage kind of said that no one left the building or no one came into the building when the fire alarm went off. Like whoever was in the building, someone in the building did it. And that was what sparked this whole thing. So she, once she kind of tells, uh, tells them that, they, that she knew them, tells them about Zoe, tells them about all of that, Shortly thereafter, uh, Oscar appears back into the picture to kind of open up that end of the or that side of the story and give us insight into his side of things. Uh, And I really did like the artistic way that they did it for each character that would come into the show and how they saw it from their perspective.
1: Right, right, because it goes back to this idea of, like, everyone has a story, but New York is so anonymous that it's, like, until they explain themselves, like, you never really know who someone is.
0: Yeah, and they uh, talk to the, what was the name of the guy who had the cat? can't think of
1: it I don't remember but I thought that was such a weird and honestly that was the only part of the show that I didn't really like was they were was when they were investigating the cat guy because I was like oh come on like it's not him like
0: part of me thought it was going to be him though
1: no I didn't think for a second I was like first of all it's too early with crime shows I feel like you're like it's too early for them to figure it out it's not this guy like
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I I knew that they weren't going to solve it right then and there, but I was thinking that, oh, this guy, like, he's weird, kind of, like, to himself. Um, He's just, he's not focused, or he's not, um, like, they were just kind of looking at everyone in the building, and that was, like, I, I believe they did that all in one episode, right? Where they went and talked to the different people?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, skipping forward a bit, because I, I don't want to dwell on those those episodes too much because they don't find out too much info in those episodes. Um, Except for the fact that
0: there was a ring.
1: Right, the ring is important. They have this whole thing about, they find out that Tim was involved in like this jewel heist. Um, he was like a jewelry robber kind of he had a bunch of like stolen jewels in his apartment that selena gomez actually uncovers um in hollowed out hardy boy books in his apartment um and the big thing about him being a jewel thief is because he had the ring that zoe was wearing the night she died um so that, like, made them more suspicious of that as they were trying to solve that. Um, and with that plot, in comes Nathan Lane and his His, his son,
0: who is deaf. Uh, deaf.
1: I did yeah. not realize. So usually when I'm watching these episodes, I would watch them Tuesday mornings while I was working with my roommate. Um, and I wouldn't pay like I would pay close attention but I was like multitasking so I had a very difficult time figuring out the relationship of Nathan Lane's character and his son Theo I was like is it his nephew is it like his business partner like I didn't realize until like the the climax of their uh plot line that it was like his son just Mm because I Yeah, I just I didn't realize it. I don't
0: Do you want to make a podcast but you don't know where to begin? Well Anchor makes it easier than ever. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app and go, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right. So you, so you didn't realize that his son, or you didn't realize it was his son.
1: Yeah, I thought it was like his nephew. I don't know, because they were talking about like his family and like his family. And yeah, I don't know why, but I just didn't realize until like... It's so. What basically happens is it's revealed that Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane, his character is someone who would be an investor for Martin Short's um, Broadway musicals that would flop, and so they knew each other, and that was the connection there. He also lives in the Arconia, so he, um, Martin Short, convinces him to start funding their podcast and so they kind of reconnect and he has this um, deaf son I believe his name is Theo it is and um, they do some flashbacks and it turns out that he was dating Zoe um, or like seeing her on the side um, and he was the one who gave her the green ring
0: well that's not necessarily true
1: isn't it though didn't he give it to her
0: no. Oh no, he, she took
1: it. She took it from the apartment. Uh, yeah.
0: So they snuck into the apartment to do their Hardy Boy thing, as he was, uh, in in one of their hidden rooms that they have in the apartment, which isn't necessarily known at the point that you were at in the episode. I see why you didn't go into this now. But he was there, and he they come in, and he hides and closes the hidden door so it just looks like a flat wall and he flips down the like peephole almost and it's like uh, he's watching them basically walk through the apartment and he watches Zoe pick it up and find it and put it on her finger uh, and she calls him she says he's hot uh, right. during the episode she describes him as hot and he um. Then she realizes that he's watching through the hole and she, you know, tells him, she said she meant it when she said that. And then they all leave and she takes the ring with her uh, and they don't, uh, Nathan Lane's character doesn't really notice that the ring's gone until, um, until they bump into them in the elevator on New Year's Eve.
1: Right, because Nathan Lane and his son are grave robbers, and they sell the jewels that they find to important people, and apparently that ring was very important, um, and he needed it, and so basically what ends up happening, to summarize without getting into excruciating detail... Theo, Nathan Lane's son, is the one who pushes Zoe off the roof because he's trying to get the ring back and he does it accidentally, um, but he ends up pushing her before he can even get the ring back. So then he takes it off of her body on the ground before the cops come and uh, he blames Oscar. And um, Tim Kono is the only one who saw so then he gets no, the well he
0: he doesn't take it off of her body on the ground she hands it to him and then they get into an argument because he starts to pity her for being with Oscar
1: oh right 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 it's so yeah. he she,
0: she he she gives him the ring he starts to sympathize with her not necessarily pity her and she takes it as pity when he was just trying to be nice no to and they a get girl. into a,
1: they get into a fight
0: and they get into a fight about it and he, um, she starts pushing him to get away and he pushes her back and she trips and falls over the uh, like ledge uh, on the roof of the Arconia. And it is, um, it's crazy because Tim Kona watches it all happen and that then you realize it in that scene that that's when... Uh, Tim Kono sees it all happen so you know for a fact that he kept the information to himself again still seeming kind of like he's just an asshole that wanted that was going to let his buddy go to jail for a murder he didn't commit and Oscar sees Zoe on the ground out front as the cops are coming and there's a crowd around there uh, and everyone is kind of you know Talking off to the side, uh, Tim runs to Selena Gomez's character, Mabel, and they basically go towards the, um, well, Theo runs back to the apartment and starts crying and is, as his father, Nathan Lane, uh, from Demas's deli, he owns the deli. So they're not just grave robbers. They're also deli owners right (laughs) that's an important detail because the deli sponsors the podcast that is trying to solve the murders in the building
1: right um but basically what ends up happening is nathan lane is like did anyone see you do it and he tells him that tim saw him do it so then basically nathan lane goes to tim and like threatens him and is like if you ever say anything like
0: you'll end up like zoe
1: Right. And so then that's why Nathan Lane, they think that he they think they solved it because Steve Martin, Martin Shorten, Selena Gomez, they find out all this information eventually and they think that they solved it because they're like, well, it has to be Nathan Lane and his son who killed Tim. They had a motive. They had a backstory. It all makes sense. But they're wrong. (laughs)
0: But they don't find out they're wrong until the lady cop that was helping them, and I don't remember, like the detective, I don't remember um, what her name was in the show.
1: I don't remember her name either, but there's a cop who was on the scene of the crime the night Tim, Tim Kono died and helped ruled it a suicide, but then she is, she realizes after her girlfriend is listening to the Only Murders in the Building podcast, she realizes that they actually do have some serious evidence that makes it not a suicide. And so she helps them. She kind of goes against the system to help them reopen the case.
0: And she gives Mabel Tim Kono's phone from the evidence lockup. Right. Which leads them to see that they were... um, Dealing, uh, like that he was trying to get a, um, he was trying to get some jewelry, a ring specifically, the one that Zoe had that night from a black market uh, jewelry dealer that was uh, Angel was the name of the company that was, he was communicating with or the black market dealer. Uh, was angel right but uh, uh, earlier in that episode or the episode before that you actually find out that nathan lane writes a check for, to sponsor the podcast for 50 grand from a uh company he has set up in his mother's name and it is called angel so then after you find that out, and then you find out that he was going to meet with an angel uh, to get these uh, this jewelry from the black market, he goes in and he uh, they start to piece that together. And that, uh, that ties them all back to the fact that he was going to... That gives him even more reason uh, to kill Tim Kono was the fact that he was going to out them for the illegal uh, jewelry market as well.
1: Right. Um, But so that all happens and the demuses do end up getting arrested and charged with murder
0: because of Zoe's.
1: Because of Zoe's murder and because they're grave robbers. Um, But they did not kill Tim Kono. Um, And they find that
0: there was a picture of them outside of the Arconia at the exact time that Tim Kono was murdered.
1: Right. So our, our little gang of true crime nuts are back to square one. And um, enter Jan, who is a bassoonist for the New York Symphony, who also lives in the Arconia. And she romances charles who is steve martin
0: right and this actually kind of starts before they catch the demises and they catch onto the demises because as they're catching onto the demises she kind of starts to deter them away from them
1: which i think is interesting
0: That she's deterring them,
1: yeah. That she was like, "Well, how do you know it's the Demises?" Like all of this stuff, um, because I feel like we—it's proper to reveal at this point that Jan killed Tim Kono, um, but we don't find that out till until the finale, which is soon. Um, but so she. She killed Tim Kono and um but before Steve Martin, Selena Gomez and Martin Short figure that out, Steve Martin's character is dating her and she's trying to help them with their case against the demises. And she's like trying to convince them that they didn't do it, which I think is interesting considering the fact that she did it. Right. Like,
0: like- like, why would she be sitting there being like, no, it wasn't them. It was almost like she... She like,
1: wanted them to know that it was she, her.
0: She, yeah, she wanted the credit for her work.
1: Because, you know, when we get to the finale, we find out she's freaking crazy. Yeah, but... she is
0: insane. And um, so basically when they find out that the Demises didn't do it... They kind of got into a fight before they released that episode, and she storms off. She goes to her apartment, and there's a note taped to her door that says, "I'm watching you." Are you? Uh, I'm just pouring... getting some.
1: I'm just getting some water.
0: Uh, I was like, "Are you pouring a glass of wine?" I thought you were sick.
1: No, no, I'm just. I'm making another cup of tea.
0: Oh. Yeah, put on some tea so we can finish this off
1: <laughs> so we can finish spilling the tea
0: yeah so there is um so basically they get in this fight they didn't talk for probably a day or two or no i mean it was probably a few hours because he well, finished early in the morning
1: well what happens is is she gets mad because selena gomez and martin short kind of think she's sketchy and they don't really like her and they don't want her in the know about everything because they don't like what she has to say and they don't like her opinions about the podcast so they don't want her around and that causes a tiff between them and Steve Martin because she you know he's in love so he's like oh no like Jan has good ideas and um so then yeah he you know they Jan leaves because she she's like well I'm not wanted here and then there's a note on her door that says I'm watching you or something like that or you're next or something we don't But then we see at the end of the episode, we think everything's okay. Her and Charles talk and they make up, but then she goes back to her apartment and we see her laying on the floor. Later, it cuts her laying on the floor and she is stabbed and bleeding on the floor.
0: Well, and Steve Martin was trying to get a hold of her. Right. uh, Couldn't because she wasn't responding. And uh, yeah, you go in and the episode ends with him walking in through the, her door that was uh, open it was unlocked and she uh, she was covered in blood and he i'm laying on the floor face down and you know the episode then fades to black and it's over and actually right at then right at that point uh, was like la- I was like watching it last night at like m- like eleven thirty, and the episode, the new episode, the finale got released, and I was like, perfect. But I, at that point, I I knew that they w- had been renewed for a second season, and I knew that they were going to have to go into and have a second plot line for the following season if they had solved the murder because at that point. They still thought the Demises did it,
1: right? Right. Well, no, they they knew the Demises probably didn't do it, but they didn't really have another suspect, right? You know, so um, yeah so steve martin finds jan stabbed on the floor and you know cut to the next episode we think she's dead but it turns out that she was just hospitalized and she is going through like physical therapy and recovery but she's fine um so jan is still kicking um steve and
0: stelina oh yeah steve martin is helping her recover
1: Yes and so the other B plot line Selena Gomez and Oscar are dating um
0: and they're all getting evicted because everyone's kind of sick of their shit with the podcast right so Martin Short's living on Selena Gomez's couch right
1: because uh, because Steve Martin's character kicked him out
0: yeah because of the fight that they had with uh, over Jan and Uh, (coughs) turns out that they, Demas's didn't do it, they don't have another suspect yet, but Selena Gomez's character looks at Martin Short's character and says, something just doesn't add up, you know? It's like, she was still questioning the final answer. Like, she felt like there were still loose ends. Mm -hmm. Another important thing that we kind of brushed over was the fact that the cat guy his cat was poisoned. Right. And he, and he thought Tim Kono had done it. Um, but the, uh, and also Martin Short's dog had been poisoned and was left with his estranged son, who's a veterinarian.
1: Right. Right. I forgot about the dog thing. because Oh, because there was that whole thing where they thought Sting did it. Because yeah. Sting lives in their building too. And they were like, how cool that would be if Sting was a murderer. Yeah.
0: So they basically accused Sting of being the murderer without him actually being the murderer. And he kind of can, and they're recording him without his knowledge and the- he confesses everything. Uh, but then they were like, oh my God, did you you actually kill him? He's like, yes, yes, I did. And they were like, oh my God. We just got sting to confess to this murder and then they realized that he meant that he was so mean and hard on like him. he was
1: he was the one who got tim Kono to kill himself like
0: <laughs> yeah basically he had like he had, provoked that and he
1: had fired tim kono because tim kono was like some finance bro or whatever and sting was one of his clients so he had fired tim koto Um, for messing something up like earlier that week, and so he was like, "Oh, it's the reason Tim Cotto killed himself." Um, but yeah, I mean, now we're out of chronological order because that was like episode three. So
0: yeah, so basically, going back to the end of the season, uh, you find out that Jan's stabbed on the floor, or she's recovering from her stab, and she, you know, Selena Gomez and Martin Short kind of feel like there wasn't. A con- like it wasn't conclusive. It wasn't all that. And they find out that, uh, from the, uh, detective that was helping them that they weren't, um, the demuses weren't responsible for the murder of Tim Kono's, Um, but they go and, uh, start to go through some of their evidence that they collected And they start to realize that the trash can, or the trash bags that were in Tim's apartment were, had orange strings. And the ones that, you know, he had had in the elevator in the first episode were, had blue strings. So he was taking the trash out for somebody.
1: But he wasn't his. Yeah, he wasn't coming from his apartment.
0: And there were, that was actually a point that they brought up early on, was that there's a trash chute on every single floor. Why would he go to a different floor? Or why would he bring his trash to his floor to throw it away? He would have just got rid of it on the sixth floor.
1: Right. So, and then that's when they kind of suspect that they're like, oh, maybe Tim Kono was dating someone in the building, if he was on a different floor, and so then they start to interview his neighbors and try to figure out if he was, if they know if he was seeing someone. And I think one of the or one of the lady who lived next door to him was like he was awful. I hated him, but yeah, there there was a woman.
0: And once they find out that he was, um, they kind of piece it together that he was seeing someone on the same floor as Jan. And, uh, and at the same time that they're figuring this out, Steve Martin is deciding whether or not he should go to Jan's bassoon. Uh, She was part of a-
1: She's part of the symphony.
0: Yeah, the symphony. So she's, uh, they were having a concert and she kept telling him that he that she was a uh, first chair bassoon and when he got there they announced the youngest first chair bassoonist in that symphony's history and it was not Jan so it was kind of not uh
1: he was like, this is sus. Yeah, like this
0: is real weird that she was lying to him about such a simple fact. And at the exact same time that he's sitting there in the audience realizing that she's been lying to him, they are going through some of the evidence, which happened to be one of them was a box of sex toys that they found in Tim Kono's apartment. And one of the things in there, they couldn't decide, they couldn't figure out what it was used for. So they look up the brand name on it. And that company didn't sell sex toys. They sold music instruments. And it was happened to be a bassoon cleaner.
1: Which uh, is the instrument that Jan plays.
0: Which ties all that together to let us know that she uh, was dating Tim Kono. And they had broken up. And after so steve martin leaves the performance early they go back to his apartment they're sitting on the couch well and she
1: she also leaves the performance early which is super weird because she's in the concert
0: right and we were like
1: why is she here right now like she was like oh i was just so distraught that i saw you left that i had to leave at intermission like okay sis you're in the new york symphony you can't just do that
0: Right. She left in, yeah, at intermission, comes back, and she offers him a drink. And so she makes them a drink. She makes both of them a drink. Um, both old fashions, and he has a bloody nose, because he gets bloody noses when he's nervous, because he hasn't, he's kind of reclusive, And uh, human interaction gives him anxiety, which thins out, you know, his blood and raises his blood pressure. And he uh, starts bleeding from the nostril. So basically that happens once he's at the performance, realizes she's lying to him, and he's cleaning it up. And she comes over, knocks on his door, and says, can I make you a drink and, you know, get you cleaned up? And he goes, okay, sure.
1: And while all that's happening... Martin Short and Selena Gomez are still going through her apartment because now they're like, okay, we've got this bitch pinned. Like, we're pretty sure it's her. Um, We just have to, like... because Selena Gomez was always kind of, like, suspect of her. She was like, I don't know, like, what it is about her, but, like, she's got something to hide. Um, So they're, like, trying to pin it on her now. Like, they're pretty sure it's her. So they're... They know that she was at she was supposed to be at her concert so they go and they sneak into her apartment to try to find more things and uh, they do end up finding selena gomez finds the knife that was used to for like Jan's stabbing so she stabbed herself to make it look like she wasn't like she was a victim so she stabbed herself, and then they and then
0: and then hid the knife. Obviously, you can't have right. your own assault weapon.
1: And then on hand. they find they find one more thing. I don't remember what it is, but they also find the ring, the emerald ring of Zoe's in her apartment. So they're like, okay, they're like, she did it. We gotta oh. go find Charles.
0: And then they open up the drawer in her bathroom that had the poison.
1: Oh and... right, they find the poison too. That's right.
0: And a pill case that had, been, they used, a, she used a label maker to say Jan's Little Toxins or whatever.
1: Oh, right. Like, it was super weird.
0: Yeah, like, she was, like, very meticulous about it. I mean, obviously, you kind of have to be, if it's going to be poison, though.
1: Right. Because um... you don't want
0: that, you don't mix that shit up with, like, Advil.
1: Right. But so they were like, okay, she did it. But then they were freaking out about Charles because they were like, oh, like he is with her right now. Like we have to go find him and save him. And all the while back at Charles apartment, Jan, you know, is making him a drink. And luckily, Charles is smart enough. And she she says to him, she says, oh, like, you're not drinking very much. Um, and it Turns out he
0: was taking stage sips. which I thought was a
1: nice touch that was so funny to me yeah
0: I thought it was very funny that he was like I've been taking stage tips," because everything goes back to the fact that he played brazos on television it's always has something to do with I used to do it all the time as brazos Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just it's it was such a nice touch to for that to be part of his character and I thought that was very funny when he he was only taking stage tips. But turns out she put the poison in his handkerchief that he was holding full of ice on his nose. Uh, so, as he starts to break down how she did it, because. Uh, and she explains that she made a drink for Tim Kono and they drank it. And then, 30 minutes later, after he left her apartment, he collapsed. And then she went in and uh, shot him because she thought he was cheating on her, and she had spilled. He had spilled his drink. Uh, from that she had made him with the poison in it, and that's how the cat got poisoned.
1: Yeah, because this cat snuck up into his window, which they had like alluded to earlier that the cat would like. Tim always got annoyed with the cat because the cat would always be on his windowsill, and that's why the other guy who owned the cat thought Tim did it because he was always annoyed with the cat. But so that was like a nice, like callback to what they had told us earlier.
0: Yeah. Um, and they definitely, uh, so as, as she's breaking this all down or as he's breaking this all down for her as how he suspected she did it. Um, with the recording of the bassoon playing in the, uh, in her window. So people would think she was playing her bassoon in the window. And he knew that it was a recording and he knew all of these things and he was breaking that down. And well, he I also, to get...
1: I, well, I think like the main thing was too, is that, you know, she was like, how did you know it was me? Like, I know all these things lead to me, but like, what was like, what did you pin it on? And he was like, the notes, the way you write your J's they match the J's on the suicide notes. Yeah. And because he was like, you started writing me notes, like when you would like leave my apartment. And he was like, they match the J's on the suicide notes. And so I was like, ah, I love that. Good handwriting matching.
0: Yeah. All you have to have is consistent handwriting and you could get caught. Um, And so basically once he finds that out and he says that and he starts going through it, and she he starts to get woozy he starts to lose his balance and she like helps him onto the floor and she basically tells him he doesn't have long to like live um after that like the poison's kicking in because it was in the handkerchief and she's telling him all of this and uh kind of breaking it down and then she leaves him to die uh and goes down the elevator And he starts to try and crawl towards Selena Gomez, which was, and... uh... No, he,
1: what he does is he crawls towards the couch because he, since he knew it was her before she came over, he hid his phone under the cushion of the couch and clicked record. So like he got her confession on tape. So he goes and gets his phone and so he stops it and then he crawls to the door to try to find Selena Gomez.
0: Yeah. And Martin short. So he starts crawling. It's a very comedic scene where he's uh, falling or he's uh, crawling and trying to throw his legs over into the elevator because he's just losing control of his muscles. Um, he has no control over his ligaments. It's very funny. Uh, the way, you know, very, uh, physical humor, uh, that's right up Steve Martin's alley.
1: Right. That and, was, that was the one scene where I was like, this is so Steve Martin. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what I was just going to say. It was almost the like one scene where they were like, just be you, you know, like, like you have fun with this part of it because like the rest of it was like very not on brand. For, it was like, very normally- serious.
1: His his character yeah. was very dramatic. Like,
0: yeah, he was the straight character where normally he's the funny one.
1: Like, Martin Short was more of, like, the comedic relief.
0: Oh, definitely. And, and he he killed it. He was awesome. Um, no pun intended. No. <laughs> uh, but he... Uh, so, yeah. And at, they just keep going up. Like, he's going up the elevator, down the elevator. Uh, people are getting in and just thinking that he's drunk because they're all getting evicted. And the door guy actually looks at him and I thought that was funny where he goes hey it's okay you got the Irish flu yeah uh, like I did this for sting one time don't tell anyone I told you that yeah and and then he puts him back in the elevator to like get and sends him to his floor and then they finally uh, uh, while that's happening Selena Gomez and Martin Shorter in his apartment like where did he go and they go back to uh, the elevator and as they get to the the main floor, the door guy looks at him and goes, oh, I just sent him back up to the, to his floor. Uh, he had a bad case, the Irish flu. I did that for Sting one time <laughs> and don't tell anyone I said that. And I thought that was funny that he's like, oh, okay, he just says it like he's he's not telling everyone he's He's telling telling everyone everyone. and then once they finally get to steve martin they check his phone and they see that he had a recorded confession of her and the recorded confession uh says something about uh it's going to be a gas
1: right because she also before she leaves steve martin in his apartment She makes a comment about the fireplaces and how they connect everyone in the building.
0: And how that there were too many people to leave like with enough knowledge, you know? Like she didn't want to leave any more questions about this. So she was just going to kill everyone with a gas leak in the building. And uh, which actually for the poison, you know what I mean? If there's like, let's say a hundred- units in the building and they all die of gas leaks there's like the they're not going to check steve martin's body for the poison so i mean it does make sense but either way they go down to the room they put steve martin on the little dog cart that martin short pushes his dog around his dog (laughs) and it's it's really funny because when they finally get down there and they kind of foil the plan and jan comes out and has him at gunpoint and they're standing there and there's this moment where steve martin stands up and he's fine and he's talking and he gives this big speech about how these people are his friends and you got to leave them alone like if you want to mess with them you got to go through me and it's, like, this big, tough guy, like, supposed to be this huge moment. Well, okay, and,
1: I want to and... stop you before you say, like, what happens because at first I thought it was real because remember when Martin Short gives him the milk and he's, like, it's supposed to, like, clear the toxins? I was, like, the milk worked? Holy shit.
0: Yeah, that was what I was thinking, too. I was, like, oh, he was right for some reason and they go, and uh, then it cuts back to him, and he's speaking gibberish, and he's still in the, like, it never actually happened. Uh, He never gave that long speech, and what he thought he was giving was just, because he couldn't, he had no control over his tongue or his mouth muscles. It was just, uh, it was hilarious. Like, that part, I was in tears laughing at. Um, It It was good. It was good. And while all that's happening, uh, they basically foil her plan. They tackle her. They get her to the ground. She gets taken away in a cop car. And then you're like, oh, it's over. Cool. Well, I guess I'll see what they do for next season. But there was no real Mm -hmm. cliffhanger. And I was like, okay, there's going to be a couple minutes here where they wrap things up. Um. And then you actually watched it this morning, so it's more fresh in your mind.
1: Right, so basically what they did was, like, they reconvene after everything ends, like, a week or a couple days later. So I mean, they all reconvene on the roof of the Arconia, and Selena Gomez is, like, there seems like there's still, like, a loose end. Like, I don't know, like, what it is, but there's just something doesn't seem right. Like, there seems like there's something out of place But then she was like, Oh, I forgot something in my apartment. Like, I'm going to go downstairs and get it. Martin Short and Steve Martin, there's just like this little scene with them where they're like standing and they're talking, and Steve Martin's saying how he wants to date someone who's not a murderer. And it's like cute. It's like this cute little like bromance moment. And then they get a text that says from an unknown number that says, You need to get out of the building right now. And um, then they hear like sirens going off. So they, run, their first instinct is to run downstairs and go get Selena Gomez. Cause they're like, oh my God, what if she's not okay? So then they go into her apartment and they see her standing over a body with blood splattered on her chest. And it's wearing, uh, the person is wearing a tie dyed hoodie. So they're like, my first thought is, oh my God, it's Oscar because, he was like known for his tie-dye hoodie he was always wearing the tie-dye hoodie they turn it they turn the person around and it's bonnie who is the lady who owns their building who was trying to evict all three of them um and the hoodie is they ended up using the tie-dye hoodies for their official merch for the podcast um so she's wearing an official only murders in the building podcast hoodie um and Selena Gomez says, it's not what it looks like. She ran into my knitting needle. Like, but of course, like they don't know what else happened in that time. So then all it, it it just um flashes to them. It cuts to them getting arrested and getting taken away by the cops. You see Oscar standing there being like, what is happening? And then Tina Fey is also there with her little producer side and she's like oh this is gonna make a good podcast and we're gonna call it only murderers in the building so
0: and well so quick correction uh her name is bunny
1: oh whatever sorry
0: (laughs) and she's the manager or the like she runs the entire building and she just hated all three of she hates pretty much everyone in the building She's not a fun person to be around, and she's just this cranky old New Yorker. Is like kind of her character, because so I feel like we didn't touch on that at all. So basically, anyone had motive to kill her, but she, I guess, um she well, because Selena Gomez goes, she fell like I opened the door and she fell into me, and you know, then her knitting needles sticking out of her chest, out of the hoodie, like you said. Uh, that was the merch for the podcast and Selena Gomez, which I, I'm so, so I'm so, I pissed off that I didn't see it coming that scene um, because it that was in one of the promos. Like I saw that.
1: Well, and that, so that scene with Selena Gomez standing over the dead body was in the first episode. It was yeah. like a flash forward, which we didn't touch on at all. I was just waiting until the end to to talk about that. But yeah, that was in the first episode where Martin Short and Steve Martin walk in on her over the dead body, and she's like, "It's not what it looks like," and everyone just assumed it was Tim Kono's body. Um, but no, they it was a, it was a good setup. It made sense to me. I knew that was gonna probably be the cliffhanger. I'm curious to see what Tina Tina Fey's um, character has to do with the next season.
0: Me too, and I kind of want to see, like, how they get out of jail, because they all got taken away.
1: Right, and I also, I don't know, I feel like there were things about Tim Kono's death that, like, went unwrapped up. Like, why, like, stuff with, like, the jewels, and, like, that whole thing, and, like, what he was doing, and, like, they thought he was possibly proposing to someone, so I do wonder, and Jan thought he was cheating on her. So, like, I want to know if, like, there's more to that that we don't know about. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think they set it up for a good second season, and I'm, I'm really excited. I know Selena Gomez has gone on Instagram and said that she's really excited to, to do a second season. And I will say I love, I love Selena Gomez. In my mind, that woman can do no wrong. Like, she is perfect. She, I, I love everything I see her in. She's she's really she's really grown as an actress and I feel like she's one of the only Disney stars that has like truly made it out alive and like isn't insane.
0: Right. Yeah. Well I mean or like yeah, has some sort of mental uh breakdown or like she and i don't know that she didn't do that but i mean she at least didn't do it publicly
1: well right and she honestly like she's she's a strong girl she's a fighter because she has a lot of health issues that like go on behind the scenes like she had to get a kidney transplant um she like you know she's gained and lost a lot of weight because of her health issues and you know the media so the media talks about her in that way and like she she's just I think she's awesome like she just you know she's a great actress she's pretty decent music she's got some bangers and like she's beautiful and you know she and she keeps to herself like I feel like she's not crazy in the spotlight and she just wants to she just wants to do her job and like make people laugh and make people smile and get out of everyone else's way like
0: yeah i'm i'm very excited to see and i also was kind of surprised that there was such a good dynamic it was like a good and, and unexpected dynamic between her and martin short and uh steve martin I, like, on screen, I didn't know how that was going to be because they're from very different generations.
1: Well, right. I wanted to talk about the age gap because I feel like that was a really interesting way to go that I just, I loved. This is going to sound, like, so weird and maybe derogatory. I don't mean it to be, but I love old people. Like, I absolutely adore the elderly. I think, I don't know. I Old people just amuse me in ways no one else can. And to, like... Watch a young actress like work with two older, very iconic comedians and like kind of do the playoff of like, oh, like this is what the young generation is like now, like versus the older generation, and like just kind of watch them. Like, you know, there are lots of like little comedic scenes where she's like trying to teach Steve Martin like how to text, and yeah, like I just love that because it's like the way. Steve Martin's character would text her. He would always like sign his name at the end of the text. He'd be like, "All the best, Charles," and she's like, "Charles, I know it's you. Like, I have your number."
0: <laughs> yeah, he signs, and at the end, it shows him texting uh, Lucy, who he talks about throughout the season. Um, and he uh, texts her about like whatever to catch up, and he types out. or all the best Charles Hayden Savage and (laughs) he then real like looks at it and he backspaces on that last part and he just sends it and it uh you know goes from there but it's I thought it was really cool the way you watch the characters develop I also thought that the show the way it was filmed and the voiceovers and like the very artistic way that they did that with right. the voiceovers was nice it was a very nice touch i mean you don't you don't get a lot of that when you get like a comedy you usually don't get that artist that super artistic way of like going about things you know it's like
1: no the production value for it was great like i said i'm really proud of hulu like even the cover art for the show i thought was great like the way that it was a very <laughs> colorful and then had all of their heads like poking out of the side i don't know i really liked the co- the cover art for the show um okay jackson there's a question i wanted to ask you that i've been thinking about what is one like random either like character quirk from one of them or just like random thing from the show that you just like really enjoyed and stood out to you but in like a random way
0: uh, uh. I have to think about that because there's a lot. They all, uh, they're all just riddled with quirks.
1: And... I will tell you mine because I have been thinking about it because it just amuses the shit out of me is Martin Short's character's obsession with dips.
0: That was, yeah, that was really good. And he even said that um, when they were going to break down Steve Martin's door and he goes she goes who's gonna break down steve martin's door we're 125 pounds combined and he goes oh my god thank you it's the
1: dips it's all the dips. I know <laughs> and i'm like i'm such a fan of dips too like i i respect the dip game like i'm trying to convince my roommate right now to do a dips giving party where everyone has to make like a homemade dip and just bring it we all share so i respect the dip game and I just I thought that was really funny that he would just be like walking around eating like dips with like random pita chips all the time.
0: <laughs> um, I think I enjoyed the most was probably. Um, hmm. Are we just talking about the main three characters, right?
1: Any of them, I think. Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, because I would say probably Steve Martin and the way he. Would um always reel things back to the fact that he was Brazos,
1: right? Right, and I feel like we didn't even really touch on that at all. But Steve Martin's character, his whole backstory is that he uh, um had this TV show back in the day where he was like a famous detective, but it wasn't like it was a fictional show um so he wasn't like solving real crimes they were just fake crimes that were like scripted um but it was really really big like 20 years ago and um selena gomez's like parents like know who he is but like no one that was really like his one hit wonder so like people only know him from brazos and that's it
0: right and it seems uh i I just thought it was funny the way he does he did that um in the, throughout the entire show like at one point they're picking a lock and he's like oh I can do this because uh, I was Brazos and on the closing night they gave me this lock pick set
1: right? Um,
0: and things like that but or he know... has
1: like little catchphrases too where he's like said that I'm Brazos <laughs> like yeah and
0: it was and everyone always comes up to him and it's like oh my god are you Brazos except for martin short who was like hey listen if i ever said anything to offend you in any of the times that you auditioned for me and he cuts him off right there and goes yeah i've never auditioned for you and he goes oh are you not so and so and he goes no and he goes i'm sorry
1: yeah that i think that was a nice touch too like martin short like not knowing who he was
0: Yeah, and then them naturally becoming friends off of the fact that they... Well, I think it was more the fact that he treated him like he was, like, not Brazos.
1: Right. I also really liked the fact, and I mean, this is typical for TV shows, but I mean, I think it just works so good because it's the two of them. But, like, the fact that Martin Short and Steve Martin's characters were, like, complete opposites. Like, Steve Martin was very introverted, um... Martin Short was very like out there. His character was very out there. He was very um, extroverted. Extra well, extroverted. He was also, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he
0: eccentric? Eclectic. Yeah, he
1: yeah, he was very like eccentric. Um, as he he reminded me of like a typical Broadway producer, um, which I thought that was like a nice little touch to his character that like got overlooked a little bit, but was, like, a nice touch to, like, who he was. Like, Like, knowing things about theater and the industry explained him very well for me. When they were, like, he's an ex-Broadway producer, I was, like, that makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was very funny. Actually, a lot of his, like, I would say his, like, personality and uh mannerisms really reminded me of Aaron. Yes. Um and Aaron if you're listening to this, um text me <laughs> about <laughs> it. <laughs> Let me know that you heard this. Um but it was Aaron, yeah, do I'm, you even
1: know who Martin Short is?
0: <laughs> he probably does. Hopefully. <laughs> I I oh, here's how Aaron would know. He's Jack Frost in the Santa Claus 3.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah, so you know, you know. Him. All right. Um but he yeah, so that was like cool cuz I was like watching it and I was like I was like, "Who does he remind me of?" And then I was like, "Oh, I know." <laughs> and it was Aaron. Um <laughs> but it was uh yeah, I just I thought the show was very well put together. They also did a really cool um the way it was filmed the one uh seen towards the end of one of the earlier episodes once they find the ring and Martin Short's like going to go see his estranged son to try and get some help with money and he goes um, well he was trying to get him to sponsor the podcast and he kind of refused for him to not get, like he was like no I'm not going to give you any money you should leave and he leaves, and then they get a, a text that there was like a, a breakthrough, another breakthrough, or another lead in the case. So they go and they make him. Uh, they like he sits, he stands there on the porch for a second, and he reads that text, and then he falls off of the porch, in slow motion, and bounces back up, and that was all kind of from his earlier montage oh that might have been the first episode uh where he's talking uh in the in his voiceover that's introducing him and his outlook on the world in new york was that you know we all bounce back up and they have a really cool artwork that they did like the graphic design on it was really cool uh or the animation that they did was you know it was like cartoon kind of uh, like people, these this guy bouncing. It was like a little silhouette going up the stairs and bouncing off. And he did right. that again at the end when he read that text. And then you see, um, Mar- uh, Steve Martin do it with the omelet when it bounces oh, off right. the ground back into his hand. And then you see Selena Gomez holding the ring, and it she drops it and it bounces, and she catches it on her finger. It was just really cool the way they they shot that. I thought that was.
1: I like that you noticed that because I didn't. But going back to the art for a second, I what something I really liked about the art, especially how they tied it up in the season finale was like they made it very meta with like Selena Gomez was doing this big portrait in her aunt's apartment of like all of these people in the building um in their windows cuz it's kind of it's alluded to and, like, referenced a couple times that she likes to draw and she's, like, kind of an artist and she's doing these sketches. um, And she's, like, a graphic designer or whatever. Um, But she does, like, this huge mural on the wall um, that is very, like, representative of the, like, the style of the art of the animation in the beginning of the show. And I just thought that was a nice, that was a nice little bow a little bow on the season.
0: Yeah, because the uh opening credit uh they have like a little like almost it looks drawn or sketched um very similar to like her mural at the end is uh the opening credits is them in their window doing their like little daily thing. Right. Um but it was it was a really cool show. If you haven't seen it, check it out uh, and it probably won't uh, make any sense with this podcast because there's a little out of order.
1: <laughs> it's uh, okay. I feel like we stayed mostly chronological except for the sting thing. That was way out of line. but
0: yeah, that was like all over the place. But other than that, I mean we stayed we try we kept it pretty chronological. Um, well, I hope uh, that you in, uh, either watched it and enjoyed it and enjoyed our takes on it. Or you never watched it and this caught you up, so you can watch season two with everyone else when it premieres. Um, I don't know when it's coming out. I assume like a year from whenever
1: Probably uh, the last
0: one came out. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm glad that Steve Martin is doing television for the first time ever. That was mind-blowing to me because he had been like – uh, guest star on so many things that i was like in my head i was like oh he must have originally done tv because that's the normal progression usually but nope he just started as a stand-up and went right into um right the movies yep but
1: it's it's an exciting time for tv and for streaming for sure
0: yeah and again kudos to hulu for releasing such a kick-ass uh series where normally uh you know they're not as huge are uh, but this was actually the biggest uh premiere in hulu history
1: that makes sense to me because it had so much star power like
0: yeah it was like if knives out actually had delivered <laughs> you know what i mean like it was it was a the movie was fine but it was kind of super uh, just predictable. And then you have, but they had so much star power in there that it still did fine at the box office. Right. But this one had so much star power and then was also just fucking amazing. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I concur.
0: So you can check it out on Hulu now or you can uh, add it to your list so that way you get notified when people, uh, when they upload the new episode, they release it, or the new season. And um, yeah, until next time, this has been the Jackson Street Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jack.
0: Anytime. The Jackson Street Podcast is brought to you by Untied Entertainment. You can learn more about Untied Entertainment at www.thisisuntied.com. You can also follow them all over social media at This Is Untied and learn more about their other podcasts such as Windy City Joes and the Untied Podcast. We hope to see you there.